Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Good evening, everyone. It looks like we've got a panel growing here, so that's nice to see. Hi, Carol. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Well, I'm hanging in. We're having a storm here. We're having too many storms here, and I had no electricity last night, so I'm not a happy camper. Go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know what's happening on on this show, but I can go ahead and, and open up. And Lori's on with us, and Phil is on with us, and um, Dr. Nancy. So we can get something started. We'll figure it out. Yeah, so absolutely. Every, welcome, everyone, uh, to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Kim Lakin, and I'm your host this evening, um, along with a couple other hosts, whoever wants to chime in. And we are on stand number 3216 this evening. And if you would like to call in and be a part of our panel, you can call in 646-595-2118. And we have a single purpose here at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violence or physical abuse, emotional trauma, and neglect, and we do so with two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as it's related to helping society get over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problems that affects everyone, and two, by offering hope and healing through numerous clubs, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone who's interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And I know um, our VP, Carol, and, and Bill have done a lot of work on the website. So again, you can go to nasca.org and find any of that information, and that's n-a-a-s-c-a dot org, and you can search for any of the scan numbers that we said. So again, tonight's 3216, and we're excited to see how the night's going to go. So it looks like 
said, we've got several people. Carol said that she had a topic, and I know Dr. Nancy had a topic. So who wants who wants to start? <laughs> who wants to get started? I really don't care. Hey, I'm the vice president. <laughs> I can sit back and just listen. <laughs> oh, is that it? But, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Or uh, we actually do have, um, you know, some things we can talk about with the newest stats of, of child abuse. And something that I didn't actually realize just until a little while ago, because I always do a lot of research, and um, neglect is the worst of all the abuses now, absolutely. It covers a wide range, span, and um, we have quite a a panel here. I'm seeing this. I've been filling in as we go along. Um, 646, I believe it's Philip. Is that not correct? P-H. It is. Right. Yeah. It is, Philip. Yeah, Our it is. Six one. Three three five. Nine three three five seven. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. You said six, six, six one. one. Well, then who the heck is six one seven? Six one seven. Who are we talking to, please? That's always oh, yeah, my number. Oh, you put you put Philip. Yeah, Philip. Yeah, Philip. Uh, whatever. That's Dr. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of people here. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. You know what we talk about tonight, but um, we we all have topics. This is very good. Actually, it's uh, unusual. You know, that we have so many topics. So, uh, Nancy, you're there, are you not? Yes, you are. That's a six one seven area code. I think she's there. All right. Well, if she's not there, then you know what? I tell you what we're going to do. Yes. We're going to uh, go across here with the National Children's Alliance nationwide, okay, this is national um, information on um, child abuse. And one thing, I, you know, people have to understand, now I'm not running the show, you're running the show, but since I have a topic here, I will <laughs> talk a little bit about it, okay, and then we can go back and forth like we usually do. That way um, you're still running the show, <laughs> okay? Um There are more than six. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. But you know, there are more than there are more than six hundred thousand children who are being abused in the United States each year, and it's more than that. They used to say up to that, but now it's more than that. And I I think probably because of all the um, terrible stresses and you know that the parents are having, um, there's a lot of problems with that in the household, because, you know, a lot of the abuse comes from the household. We know this, okay, whether it be sexual, physical, mental, emotional, or neglect, which happens to be the widespread right now. This is what they're considering it. 59% of abuse cases are from neglect. And uh, I find that, uh, I find that to, uh, you know, be unusual. Because we're always talking about, you know what I'm saying, we're always talking about the uh, the physical and the sexual. Uh, we don't give enough attention, I don't think, to neglect. What do you think about yeah. that? Because ne- neglect comes in all different colors, you know what I'm saying, all different rays of neglect. It absolutely does. I mean, um, neglect is not feeding your child right, not watching your children, right, Um with babies, they found out with the National Alliance um, dot org. With, with with babies, they find out uh, like 18 months and younger are being horrifically neglected. That means parents not wanting to take care of their needs, you know, like changing diapers, or they're rough with them, mm-hmm. the shaken baby syndrome. 
that's what's going on in the hospitals now with the baby more so uh, than usual, okay? Well, where is this coming from? It's all stress-related, a lot of it. And don't forget, a lot of people are not meant to be parents. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of that going on because, you know, we're living in a very rough world right now. We know this. And, um, okay, it's stressful. Um, in some stores you can't, since we're talking about the 18 months and younger, you can't get the proper baby foods at times. They're going through that again. Um, the shelves yeah. are bare, you know, with the enthamil and the Similac and all this other stuff. Or there's a, a shortage of it for sure. And um, I've heard people actually say, well, what did they do in the old days? <laughs> Well, in the old days, you know, there was more breastfeeding in the old days. There was. And then also, too, um, they learned. Someone told me, ooh, caro syrup, okay? Think about caro syrup in the bottle. Um, I think I've heard that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and canned milk, that that condensed milk, yuck, what a combination. Anyway, they seem to put those two together, and that does uh, come out to like a formula type of, uh, you know, food for the child. I think it's horrible. <laughs> okay. And yeah, again, they I'll had say, to have high blood sugar, I would think. I, like their I know. <laughs> and, well, and, and then the, the condensed milk in the can. Now, I don't know if you ever had that before. But um, there's two kinds. There's a condensed milk, and then and that's very, very, very sweet, yes. And then there's that other kind, evaporated, evaporated milk. It just came from mm-hmm. me. And I tasted that once, and yuck. Okay. I'd rather have the condensed milk because I have a sweet tooth. So, but, you know, I mean, this is what they're, they're trying to find ways to feed their children. So this can be um, very stressful, Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean you shake your kid, <laughs> right? You don't do that. It's not the baby's fault, right. you know. So the littlest ones are the ones that uh, 59%, okay, are going through the most of neglect. Neglect can be not getting these shots for children. You now they need shots. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving your children alone when they shouldn't be left alone. I mean, there's all different kinds of ways to neglect your children, not getting them proper clothing. Um, if that means you have to go to a shop because maybe you're not working or your spouse isn't working, there's not enough money coming in, we're going through terrible times, you go to a thrift shop. At least you try, you know what I'm saying? Um, so there's all of these things that are going on with adults, with their children. Um, and you see, because the parents many times are fighting they don't know how to handle things. So they do neglect their children. They're not giving them the proper attention. Even uh, no more bedtime stories probably. If ever there was a bedtime story, it's probably horror stories, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> because of what's going on. You know, and, um, you know, so there's all of these things that are affecting children at, um, at a very, very early age. And unfortunately, they're talking about, I mean, it's never fortunate, but the 18 months and older here. So I found that to be kind of interesting, if you know what I'm saying. 
And also, too, they've decided that it is definitely now. Now, this is in the 22, the year 22. So this is, for, you know, it's current. One in three girls and one out of five boys will be sexually abused before they're 18. So they've made that sort of like a staple type of uh, statistic. It's no more one out of four and one out of five yeah. or six. You know, um, they like boys just as much as girls, okay, these pedophiles out there. And then sometimes, yeah. too, it's a matter, too, of, um, you know, also, too, convenience. If some little kid who's not being watched uh, is walking down the street, um, a pedophile may not care whether it's male or female. He sees an opportunity. Okay. Yeah, it's always about the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things that people have to look at now, um, you know, in in a different light. And, And things, two studies, they've found this to be true. So that's why I'm able to give it to, you know, people, these studies. And it's facts about child abuse. Um, let's see, 90, 90%, oh, we already know that one, yes, or by people they know. Um, and most of the children between the ages of abuse and neglect of 18 months and younger, we just spoke about that, uh, about 80% of tw- 21-year-old kids, they still consider 21 years old to be children. I don't know about you guys, but when I was 21, mm-hmm. I had both my children. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. They are, they are looking at things differently yeah. today. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they found out with the brain, it's not really well formed until the age of 25 to 26. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that means when I had my kids, I was really a kid. <laughs> okay. My first child was born when I was 19. I thought I was growing up. But I guess yeah. my brain wasn't all grown up. Okay? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I felt the same way, I remember. And then you look back at pictures and you're like, I was so mm-hmm. little. Yeah. You recognize the pictures later. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at myself at 19 years old and I thought, who the heck is that person? That's me, you stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. and I, then was, they, I did. Yeah. I did look like a kid. Yeah. I did. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I do. No, I was just going to say, and then, you know, you see our kids grow up, and when they're at that age, you just think, how in the world did I handle that? I mean, I know you just do it, and anybody any age, I guess, just does it when you have a baby, but um, not not always well, as we're talking about. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think also, I was, I, one of my other thoughts is, you know, I wonder if the neglect is more prevalent now because... Maybe people feel that it's better to just walk away and neglect the child instead of abuse them. I don't know. That's just a thought. It's easier to just well, walk or it, yeah, maybe in that mind. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, been my, it's been my experience because, you know, the places I worked, like Juvie, for one thing, a lot of those kids were neglected and look where they ended up. Okay. Of course, I, I was working with them, so I'd know these things. And um, it says here about 80% of 21-year-olds were abused as children meet the criteria. That would be the DSM again, uh, five. Always put that five after because that's the most current. Um, for at least one psychological disorder. So you see... They're finding out now, and of course that only makes common sense. Look at us. I don't look at me. <laughs> I don't look at anybody who's been abused. Um, we're going to have some sort of psychological disorder, you bet. 
So they're starting to catch up in, in some ways of thought. Well, if a kid gets abused, all right, and that could be any of the abuses that we speak about, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, and neglect, right? Um, there's a good chance that 80% of them are going to have a psychological disorder. And then you have something else here, too, which is so true. Abused children are less likely to practice safe sex. They're going to get STDs, and they're going to get pregnant, aren't they? They're more apt to be, and that's Mm -hmm. a fact. Um, It says also, too, that uh, they don't have any boundaries because they weren't taught boundaries. So they're going to, you know, do all different kinds of things. And what that creates is um, 14% of all men and 36% of all women in prison were abused as a child. So when you have all this stuff, this is um, Frances Knighton. I'm going to turn this phone off. Um, she wants me to play games. I'm not in the mood for games. Are you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what, what yeah. I'm trying to say here, no. So what I'm trying to say here is that um, that sort of like answers your question only because um, if you neglect them in the sense of walking away with them so you don't uh, hit them, okay, first of all, we have to learn to manage our a- anger, you know, problems that we have. We just simply do. We have yeah. to learn that. And and if we could do that, then we'd be doing ourselves a favor and also our children because the kids, they're just victims of us, you know what I'm saying, many times because, again, that's where most of the abuses come in to the family unit and from the family unit, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, sexual, or neglect. So they're finding out things now, Kim, they are, and uh, which is good because, if they have the information, then they can better help other people, all right? They just simply can. Right. And uh, that's that's important. So go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I, I, no, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> I might have been ready to say something, but then I lost it. But um, should we see if Lori or Phyllis have anything yeah. they want to say, though? Do you want to see that? Um, okay. Uh, sorry, you're talking. I know there's so many on here. It's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Who's? A, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> Who's up? Yeah. Carol and Carol and Philip are on. All right. So um, who's talking now? Oh, it's still me. I'm talking, Kim. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I thought you asked for comments. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, um, you know, I was one of those neglected people uh, more than the abusive part, too. Um, I can tell you that uh, having nothing and watching the rest of the world have something as you're growing up doesn't really do you a whole lot of good. You get just stunted from day one, and that causes uh, a delay and development, and with the delay and life coming so quick at you, I mean, school's a pretty heavy-duty thing to to have when you're, you know, a whole person, when you're having problems at home with the anger, you know, everything carries on to school, so then you get slowed down, and it could take you, like, forever uh, if you don't work on yourself to 
actually come from the neglect and fill in what you didn't have because you'll be able to sense what things uh, you didn't have. Um, as you have kids, if you have kids, you're going to recognize that you will be doing the opposite. You know, if you're a certain type of person who takes themselves seriously, but unfortunately there are some that are neglected or abused that have kids. I just met my neighbor today. It was a surprise he had a kitten. Well, I could say to that kid, that, that poor, poor kid, because that guy uh, has not worked on himself. And I've been finding family facts out from our neighbors. So we know where that kid's going to go. And it's, this is what it's coming down to. There's more of kids being neglected because parents have to work. It's not only a one-person world anymore. The mothers have to go out. They're actually juggling how many jobs. I mean, they're juggling so many jobs. Um, no matter what you do for the kids, there's going to be not as much time spent with them, and that automatically turns to neglect. And you know, they not look, look at it a different way, but to the kid, you know, absent parents and whatnot, not getting the same thing their friends are getting, that is neglect. And um, it stunts them. You know, I'm already like through the whole phases, and I pretty much got on the right track, and I knew what I needed to do. And I've been doing that for most of my life. But I'll tell you, at the uh, age that I'm on now, I'm still slower than um, other people that at my age, even younger than me. You know, so it goes with you. And now, <laughs> if you see a kid, even if the kid isn't yours, and it's like the neighbor kid, I mean, not strangers should you go up to, but like the neighbor's kid, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. That's true, especially in today's times when parents aren't able to be there. Say there's no grandparents with the kids. It doesn't matter where a friend comes from. It could be your neighbor who's like 20 years older than you or the same age. To the kid, um, they're being taken care of, so they're not neglected. They're being filled in by somebody else. People need to do more of that. They have to realize what it is. You can't leave family totally up to it because some of them aren't totally up for the job. As Carol says, some should not be parents. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, thank God it worked out. But I wish I was further. So that was, that was all yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, it was you really good what you said. Yeah, yeah. And what you're saying is so true, though, Kim. You know, a lot of times... Um, all right. There's people out there, like I said, yes, they shouldn't be parents. And, uh, in fact, we had years ago, now this is before you guys came on, um, years ago we had uh, someone who was, I guess she was like a vice president, what, a, a co-host of some sort, and uh, she was horribly, horribly abused, and Bill knows who I'm speaking about. Um, she actually jumped off a cliff. <laughs> she did. Oh, she was like... Sad. Seven years old, if I remember right. I think she was seven. I'm going to have to ask Bill on that, but it was a very early age, okay. And um, this guy was standing outside at the bottom, mind you, of the cliff. It's almost like they were in cliff houses, you know, that type of thing. Like uh, they had that in the city over in one area. Um, Lori, which part is that Bayshore? I, no, it's past Bayshore. Hasbrook Heights, is that it? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, Bayshore is where I lived. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's some areas over there. 
So she um, was flying through the air, <laughs> all right, going down, a downward spiral. And this guy was standing out uh, on his porch way in the back or whatever, whatever they had uh, there, and he actually caught her. He was watching her. He actually was able to catch wow. her in midair. Can you imagine that? Now, I don't know what condo or apartment number he was in. I don't know if he was up high or if she was low to the ground. I never asked for that. I can't answer that. But I can say that that's a very hard thing to catch someone in midair. And also, too, if you're standing like on the Empire State Building or something like that, and, and you throw something off of it, by the time it hits someone on the ground, you can you can put a dent in their head. You can be sure that <laughs> they found that to be true mm-hmm. because it catches yeah. the um, the speed. And it depends what it is. If like if you throw an apple, I'm just using that an apple off of the uh, the Empire State Building, you hit somebody in the head. You can injure them badly. Okay, you can. So the thought of being able to catch this child midair, again, I don't know what number he was in, what apartment number, I don't know why. He maybe was halfway down. Um, but still, no, it was a very hard thing to do. And what she did before she had any children, she went to school. She actually went to school to learn how to be a parent. Now, especially in the city, um, yeah. That's excellent. I don't know if they have that near uh, the suburban areas. I'm more urbanite than I am. The, you know what I'm saying? But in New York, I know in other places, and I know in Staten Island, they had um, they had classes, um, you know, for parents to go to. And, and that's a very good thing. That's a very good thing. Another thing they had classes for, too, was for teenagers who thought they wanted, they were madly in love, and if they got pregnant, I'm having my boyfriend's baby, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> so we used to have these people, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look and see if they, they're still in existence. This is how long ago it was. Don't forget I've been here 13 years on this show. So somewhere in there they had classes for teenagers um, to teach them what it's like to care for a child, a baby. So you don't have these 18 months and younger children, you know, getting abused. Look, maybe they'll learn to take birth control, okay? I'm for that. Rather than have a child at an early age where you don't have, you know, the uh, the ability to handle the stress level of being a parent. So right. they would have them I carry think, around. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that. I was going to say, I think a lot of high schools do that because I know all of my kids did. Well, if they Good. took, they had to take, like, home economics or something because mm-hmm. actually my two girls did, but my son didn't. So maybe it is a certain class that you take. I, I, I remember, remember like, when, when we were in school or when I was in school, you know, we had home economics. But no one ever spoke about yeah. sex. That was a no-no. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or you know, yeah. kids getting pregnant or any of that other stuff. But they should have. If they don't have it, they should have it in high schools. Absolutely, I agree with you, because so many teenagers do get pregnant. You know, that are in that are in school. They do. So um, this particular organization, and I'm going to see if they're funded anymore. I want to see if they're out there, and I'll have them on the show. 
Um, but this particular organization would teach the kids. They'd make them walk around with something that weighed, I don't know, five or seven pounds. I don't know what it was. And, and some dolls. Sometimes they'd give them dolls. And the crying type of dolls. And they made these dolls that they would cry, like a baby would cry. When you've changed them, you've fed them, you've burped them. And uh, you think to yourself, my God, what's wrong with my, my baby? You know what I'm saying? And when you're a kid, you're scared, okay? So... Um, Instead of hitting the child or walking away and neglecting it that way, um, some children do cry more than others, but if you've taken care of their basic needs and you're holding them a lot, giving them a lot of attention, so you know that they're well cared for, every, every part is, has been you know, taken care of. Sometimes babies, well, maybe they're starting to teeth. You know, it could be anything. Maybe they have a, a, a belly burp or something that needed to come out and didn't. Or something else, <laughs> whatever. But the yeah. point is, <laughs> you know, it's real. Okay, it's real. And some parents can't handle that. They can't handle it. So they shouldn't have children. So this gal who was on NASCA went to school to learn how to um, to be a good parent because she knew that she was in an awful lot of trouble, an awful lot of trouble. Yeah, that's a okay. lot of good self-awareness for her to do that because I wasn't yeah. in that mind space when I had my kids to, to think about that. I just knew that I wanted to have a baby. That was pretty much where my mind was. <laughs> I just wanted a baby to love me, you know, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of abuse people do kind of lean that direction is, you know, they just want somebody who's going to be there unconditionally for you when as it turns out, that's the daughter that likes me the least. So that didn't work out very well. <laughs> well, you know, that's true. Um, You're right. You're right. Because a lot yeah. of us think if if I only had my own child, you know, I would give my baby so much love and my baby would give me so much love in return. And um, because they didn't have that, like a lot of children are propped with the bottle. They never get held. Okay, I was one of them. I didn't know this, but my stupid brother told me. (laughs) And I can call him that because he was one of my abusers, all right? (laughs) So he's lucky that's all I call him. But he said, well, Mom never held you. Yeah, she never held you. She just propped the bottle, you know. And so what does that do to a child? What does that do to a child? I'll tell you what. Not wanted. Makes you feel not wanted, yeah. Yes. And you need lots of hugs. When I sign off, when I write some, and Lori knows that she dropped off. She's not feeling that great right now. But um, when when children don't get enough hugs and love and all this other stuff when they're a baby, a lot of times it affects their whole personality in the sense that, um, they, yes, you said they feel unloved. And then also, too, um, they require more attention even from their spouse. Or from their children, yeah. like you were saying, I want the child to love me back because you weren't loved as a child. This is what's in your mind, but you don't know that. Okay, you don't, it doesn't have to come to a conscious mind. But it affects behavior, how we behave as, as an adult or a, as a teenager who thinks, well, if I just have this baby, my boyfriend's baby, I love him so much, and how often does that last, okay? <laughs> Teenagers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. That's one of them. 
Um, well, then I'll just have so much love. I'll, I'll be able to love baby. Baby, let me back. My boyfriend loves me. Oh, I'm happy. Do, 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 do. You know, the cat kid's going to yeah. be walking on air and thinking, oh, boy, man, I'm finally loved. Okay? No. Right. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, it's it's a very hard thing growing up. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when, you know, you've been abused, when you've been so abused, um, it's harder for us to find our way as to find normalcy, to find normalcy. We have to first recognize what normalcy is. Yeah. You know, a lot of us don't know that. They don't. Right. So yeah. I and then there's the whole, I think, like imposter syndrome that you get mm-hmm. or that I definitely got. I've heard about it, but I know that I had it as well when I got married and then we moved into the neighborhood. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I belonged there. I was like, this is like way out of my league. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, and I never felt overly comfortable. Mm-hmm. in that arena mm-hmm. either, even though I should have. I mean, I was nervous. I should have been fine. Should we ask Philip if he has any thoughts on what we're talking about at all? Um, I'm curious what makes a good parent. What makes a good parent? Um, well, let's think about this. A parent who is attentive to their child, right? A parent who gives a child love, and that means like hugs, like I was talking about. A, um, a parent who um, compliments their child when they've done something well, that makes a good, you know, that makes them feel worthy. It makes them feel like they're special, um, and they're capable of doing things. Okay, this is very important to a child to have that praise. Okay, so that's another thing that makes a good parent. Um, doing your best you, that you can, you know, with the finances that you have to make sure that, the, you know, your child is properly clothed so they're not bullied in school, okay? I went through that, and that's why I hit people in the nose, all right? <laughs> I made them scared of me, Philip. <laughs> yes, I did. So, I mean, things like that, you know, are, are very important so that kids don't have to learn how to fight at a very early age. It's good to know self-defense, but not have to go through all the trauma, because that's what it is, trauma, being bullied, right, um, to learn, hey, if this person's bothering me, so I'm just going to smack them in the head, because they've already been smacked in the head probably, okay? So what you learn at home, a lot of times you take out on the street. And that's why those stats that I read before, it's high, and it's even higher than that now. They found out that so many people who have been in prison, many times they start out in juvie first, right? Um, it's important that you look inside of the uh, the family unit because inside the family unit there's a, usually dysfunction, a lot of dysfunction. And then kids, they take out <clears throat> excuse me, their anger and their feelings of uh, you know of everything that they're going through out on the street. And then more apt to be juvenile delinquents. The stats show that. I have the information right in front of me. They're far more important. Children who are neglected, hold on, <clears throat> we still have smoke over here. I just want you to know that. Mm-hmm. No, Children who are, yeah, I had to close my window. 
It's, it's billowing over. It's coming from Canada, all right? You can't help it. <laughs> I have Canadian friends. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> you know. But anyway, um, <laughs> oh God. But yeah. but anyway, um, they're they're finding out that you know children who end up even in juvenile detention, you know, are kids who have been neglected. Uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, of course, uh, that comes in all different forms, like I said before. And then also too, if there's physical or sexual abuse, they're going to act out at a very early age, and they're going to be so angry. This is why our children end up in trouble. And if they don't get the help that they need, I had to answer something on Facebook. You probably saw it where the guy was mourning for his uncle because his uncle was put in um, solitary confinement, you might say, in, in juvie for a very long time. It's on, the, it's on Facebook. I, I didn't get there. I did answer it quickly. Because I used to work in juvie, right? And we had police officers there, Philip. We had to because these kids committed adult crimes. So we were officers of the court is what we were, and we would take kids to court to find out what was going to happen to them. Um, were they going to stay in detention longer, or were they going to go to foster care? Were they well enough to do that? Um, they had special teachers there to teach them properly for working with the emotionally disturbed. Um, they had all kinds of things that this particular facility that I worked in, unfortunately his uncle was in a place that was evidently horrific. And that's not the way you, you treat um, kids who have been abused and end up in juvie. So they found out, though, and all the records that I saw, and I saw so many, um, of kids had abusive backgrounds, and they ended up in juvie. Gee, is that surprising? I don't think so. So if they don't get help, then they end up in, in jail. Not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It is sad to think about that. There should be yeah. other places. Or juvie should be more about rehabilitating instead of just housing, you know, because they were not fit or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what that all looks like, especially state to state. You know, it's well, most, you know, see, in detention, they, they do get a certain amount of counseling, okay? But if you have a facility that has a whole bunch of kids in it, okay, and maybe three counselors if you're lucky, their caseloads are going to be too high. They're not going to give kids the proper help maybe that they need psychologically because too much damage has already been done. Um, they will be medicated because we have nurses there and doctors there. Um, and that always has to be gauged, you know, and you can tell that by the behavior of a kid. If a kid acts out really, really bad and they're on meds, something's wrong with the meds, there's a good chance of it. Yes, then you do have to put them in. It was a padded room that we had. You do have to put them in there so they don't hurt themselves and they don't hurt other people. And then you have to look at their levels, okay, and um, and get them on the right type of medication. That can take a while. So we had a lockdown facility. So if there was a riot, I got my ears ripped I consider myself to be very lucky. <laughs> they, they liked me. <laughs> they did. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> the other juvenile delinquent, too, all right? So we understood each other. Yes, we did, all right? I didn't let uh, the director know that when he hired me, <laughs> okay? But so, you see, I understood these kids, and I knew where they were coming from. 
So I was lucky only to get my ears ripped where others got broken jaws, things like that, because they were so filled with hostility. So, you know, if you neglect your child, so many things can happen. So many, many, many things can happen. And it usually turns out to be behavioral. Now, maybe they don't end up in juvenile detention. Maybe they don't end up in jail. But when they have their own kids, what happens? They're not good parents. So that answers your question, Philip. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to I have something to that too, Carol. Go ahead. Um, You know, I would say, Philip, one of the most important things to say to your child is that your feelings matter. Let them know that you are going to be there to listen to their feelings and that they do matter. I think, you know, what I've seen from family members, extended family members and the aunt that I'm staying with right now, you know, her girls, and not only, I'm not, not just from the mom. I think it's actually more important to hear Mm -hmm. that they hear it from you, Philip, that they'll hear it from their dad that you are important and you are worthy and I will listen to you and, you know, your feelings are important. Because that's what I've seen with, um, you know, kids that have have been raised in that kind of supportive arena. They seem to thrive so much better and they've got so much more confidence in life and what they're going out to do and stuff. So I've told, I mean, I've had several, you know, male friends, over the years, and I've always told them, I, you know, a lot of times dads will say to me, you know, we're not as important as the mom. I'm like, yeah, you are. There was a reason why God made two of us, you know. You are just as important, and, and in some ways even more so because, you know, the, the girl is going to look for qualities that are like her dad, whether they're good or bad. That's just kind of the way that it works. You said a mouthful there. Yes, no, I absolutely, (laughs) totally agree with that. And you know what's important, too, is like girls need attention from their mommies. Don't think they don't need attention from their daddies because they do. But like the same sex, all right, child, needs a lot of attention from the same sex parent. Um, If boys don't get enough attention from their fathers, okay, they grow up and they have, and I know this from my son, all right, they have this empty feeling inside of them. They have this empty feeling inside of them. Um, say the guy never takes him fishing. Um, he never talks to him. He totally ignores him. He, With his feelings, he doesn't care if he has any feelings. Um, he'll be yelling at him far too much. And uh, all these things happen to a young young boy and that child will grow up with low self-esteem, maybe no self-esteem, and feel very, very, very unloved and feel very, very unworthy, like you said. Absolutely. Like, who am I? Okay? So, and with the girl, if she doesn't get enough attention, which was my case for my mother, my stepfather never spoke to me. All right, goodbye. <laughs> but for my mother... Um, for my mother, I didn't get any attention whatsoever. So, therefore, 
um, she didn't do, I had to steal my clothing. I had, she didn't, she did nothing for me. Let's see, I'm not going to go into the drama scene here. She was not a mother to me at all. And so I felt always growing up very unloved and um, stupid because uh, she called me that, and I believed it. I, I didn't know not to believe it. And certainly never to, you know, bring forth my good qualities, except for my singing ability, which I am able to sing quite well yet. Thank you. I like that. I love to sing. I sing from the morning. Uh, that would be the afternoon for me. <laughs> I don't get up in the morning. In the <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> right, until I go to bed. I love to sing. I love to sing. And, um, you know, it makes me feel better. I think I use it for that, too. Um, so she did say that I was a good singer, and she did say that my athletic abilities, because I did win um, in sports, in school, all kinds of awards. I ran, I told you, I was a runner, and I would jump over the hurdles and all this stuff, and nobody could touch my 50-yard there. So I got those awards. That helped build my self-esteem up, and she did recognize that, but that's it. Okay, and that's not enough from a parent. So if a, if a child doesn't have a parent, mother or father, who cares if their feelings are being hurt or if they care about their feelings or they will ever, you know, they'll believe everything that they say um, when they go to them with a problem, um, then that child is going to feel out in left field somewhere, way out in left field. And they're going to have that weird, strange feeling that we talk about on NASCAR, like an outsider. Even when you're around a whole bunch of people, you're going to have that alone feeling. That's where that comes from, that alone feeling. And that's not a good feeling. All right. So what what do kids do, Kim? They turn to alcohol, drugs, Rock and roll and sex, right? <laughs> okay. They turn to all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. They turn to all that stuff. And um to try and compensate for the um for you know, for the feelings, the lacking of feelings of self esteem and, and, and self worth and, and the feeling of, of being unloved inside. And that doesn't help us any. It just makes us worse. But we don't know that. It's sort of like self medicating. Yeah. Right. And then we want you know, fall in love with somebody too, like I said, they all have those qualities. I mean, unfortunately they're not always good qualities. And mm-hmm. that's what you recognize and you feel comfortable with. And um I think definitely in my case but that's what I did. There there's so I mean, I know that I knew that my husband was not sexually abusive in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, I, it took me a while to even be convinced of that, but I knew he wasn't. Um, but still the emotional abuse is what I, I wasn't really looking out for, and it just kind of crept in, and it was there full force. So I think that, you know, you don't recognize, just like as a child, you don't recognize that that's wrong, and then... Um, you get into another relationship, where I did anyway, I got into another relationship that was the exact same way, so I'm still, you know, in that whole, um, just kind of not feeling good, not feeling worthy, not feeling respected ever, or anything like that, so mm-hmm. it's important, I think, 
like you were talking about from the very beginning of, of doing all the work that that you need before you have kids because mm-hmm. that will give your kids the best. Well, we have to, I know in my case, too, we have to um, recognize that we have problems, too, okay? Um, When you mistreat a kid so badly all their life, excuse me, honey, it's going to, we're going to have problems. Like, we're going to have panic attacks. I mean, like, I had that. And uh, I wrote that book on it, and it went all the way to Japan. I'm proud of that. But anyway... I had panic disorder. That's when it, it takes over your life. It keeps you from doing things because mm-hmm. you go into panic mode. Or you might have problems with behavioral. Um, behavioral is you get out on the street, you do weird things like the kids are doing today, all right, all kinds of things that they shouldn't be doing. I can steal $995 worth of something, and I'll get away with it because it's not grand larceny, okay? Where do you think that comes from? That's crazy. And and uh, it's certainly it's probably maybe it's even encouraged at home. Here, make sure you have on your phone, take a calculator out and, and up to nine hundred and ninety five dollars you can go steal this and this and this and that and that and that and that, you know, and you'll be okay. And it's not okay. All right. So with the, the rules that we have today that we live by, um, whether it be in government or even at home because home was never taken care of, it was never put in order. Our kids then grow up with all of these dysfunctions, and we have to look at ourselves and realize, hey, okay, I was abused um, by this one, that one, that one in the family unit, because there's so much of that out there, and people are just starting now really to talk about, you know, the sexual abuse in the home. Um, But that doesn't mean that I have to be like that person. You have to get to that point in your life. You have to. Um, you have to realize that it was wrong what you did. Okay, I get it. I came from this background, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to continue this type of lifestyle, all right? I'm going to start working on me so I can get me in order so that I can then become a productive citizen. And then if I do fall in love with someone, then I can marry the right person. I didn't do this stuff, mind you. Remember, I got married twice. But I'm telling you what I should have done. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and Okay. So you don't make as many mistakes if you get help. You don't. You, you learn about yourself. Therapy can be painful at times. If you get a hold of a good counselor, and that's what I am, and I was with the people across the street before the show, and I called Bill for God's sake. Listen to me. If you get a hold of a good therapist, or a good psychiatrist, whomever you're going to go to, all right? Um, there's nothing wrong with doctor shopping, and I don't mean for pills, all right? I'm talking about, you know, finding the right person who's going to work well with you and you're going to work well with them. Sometimes therapy can be painful because you have to look at yourself too, but not in this blaming sense because we didn't have the proper bringing up. We weren't taught boundaries, okay? We were never said, uh, you know, this is why this is right and this is why this is wrong, things like that. Parents have to learn to say, uh, don't do that. And the kid will say, why? Because I said so. <laughs> That's not good enough, <laughs> okay? How many times did you hear that? I heard it tons. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, kids... 
they need more information than that. They need for you to say, well, because it'd be harmful to you, whatever it is they're doing, I don't know what they're doing. There's a reason for it, and you give them the reason, and then they can say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Then they tend not to do it again. Okay, whatever that could be. Covers a big span there. So, you know, parents have to learn how to be parents, and I give that lady five stars, man, okay, for going and getting help before she became a parent. I mean, um, I wasn't always the, the best parent in the world. I'm sure I made lots of mistakes, too. I certainly didn't choose good daddies, did I? All right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let me tell you something. My son found his father, my husband, the father of both of my children, online. He called him. He called him. He found a way to call him. And um, Paul, that was his name. He's dead. He died. He abused his body too much and didn't live past 64, I think it was, when he died. Um, Anyway, the point is, he said, uh, who is this? And he said, uh, your son. <laughs> Silence, right? <laughs> he said, <laughs> right, he didn't expect that. So he said, well, what do you want? Uh, to talk to you? So they started to talk. They had a conversation. The only thing that redeemed Paul in my eyes was, um, and, and maybe in, in David's eyes too, I don't know, Um he said, I want you to know something. It was never, ever, ever your fault, meaning the kids. You were good kids. He said, I was a bad parent. He said that. And I want oh. you to know it was never, ever your mother's fault because she was a good wife and she did her best to be a good parent. It was my fault. That's what he said. Oh. Now, he was the one That's also big. an alcoholic. Yeah. Check it out. Yes, alcoholic, gambler. I watched the phone being torn off the wall. In those days, we had dial phones. Hello? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the phone came off the wall. Um, we had no heat, no oil. It was an oil house. We were renting that one. And um, so Paul dragged home this old boat, all made out of wood, we did have a fire a fireplace in the um, in the living room. So he's chopping up this boat. I don't know where he got it from. It was it was a nasty boat. It wasn't a good boat, all right. Um, I don't know where he got it. He said he got it for free. Maybe he did. I don't know. So he's chopping this boat up into many 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 pieces to put into you know to feed the fireplace, and then he's he's hanging um, like uh, sheets on the other side of of, of the uh, living room so that the heat would stay in, in, in an area, okay, so it would stay warm. He didn't want to be cold either, all right? So um, all of a sudden it occurred to me, wait a minute, there's paint all over this wood. So we're oh. breathing what? Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, in the That's 70s. Like a yeah. Well, in the 70s, there was still lead in paint. As far as I know, they've yeah. removed that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. So I went to the church, and I told them what was going on. And, honey, they filled our tank to the top. 
Now that was one good Catholic church. All right. And um and then they brought in tons of food. Seventeen bags. Seventeen bags that had everything in it, toilet paper too. I mean everything that you'd need. And um Wow, I saw a really heavy duty going to that church, and they, they got a hold of me, and that's where my help came from, because I've mentioned this before. Yes, we had 200 people in the prayer group, and in that particular prayer group, um, they came from all walks of life. So we had the, we had these psychologists, we had other people like that in the prayer group, and they worked with me. So I got my help through them. But if people don't get help as a child, if they don't get help as an adult, um, they do end up, you know, many, many times going to jail. That's what happens. You have to understand that. People might say, oh, my God, blah, 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 but that's truth. So when you're going for a therapist or a counselor or whatever um, or, or a psychiatrist, um, you're, there are going to be times when we're going to feel uncomfortable Things were pointed out to me too, honey. Oh yes, I was too much out there looking for a daddy, right? <laughs> you know, and you know all this other stuff at times. And um, but we do that. But I had to learn that my behavior had to be looked at too. And then that's how you heal. You know, you start then your healing journey. You start it. And there's nothing wrong with trying to find a partner, don't get me wrong. And certain things comes with, you know, trying to find a partner. But when you're a kid who's been horribly, horribly abused, that's where a lot of kids turn into, you know, they turn out there uh, having far too much sex. They're putting themselves in harm's way to get STDs, like I said in the beginning, and, and, uh, and becoming pregnant, right? Because they're not thinking. They're looking for the love that they didn't get from when they were home. And right. it doesn't come from t- teenage boys, all right? <laughs> no. <laughs> or no. girls, no. Ella. <laughs> no, I know you're a little bit older, but you're out of your teenage years now. But <laughs> Well, you know. And I think, um, does that help? So let, I was just going to ask the so if that kind of. Yeah, go ahead. And that helps your question. Did you have anything else? Yeah, that helps. You want to say anything else? Um, maybe the next. Okay. <laughs> I, I I can't quite hear him. You know, see, I, I'm way because up in the hill. People have to understand. I can't hear sometimes. I really can't. Um, yeah. My, yeah. It's hard. I'm You're far away. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out in I'm out in kind of a rural area right now too, and so it's been off and on. My my internet has been off and on all day too. So the two of us. Yeah, it makes good. a difference. It <laughs> makes a difference. Show. Yeah. But, no, know, he just said maybe next time he'll have a question. He just said maybe next time, so we'll ask him again. Oh, okay. Well, no problem. No problem. Mm-mm. But yeah. you know, one thing. Um, you know, one thing we always do too. You know, on the show, at least twice a year anyway. It makes sense. Um, maybe we should do it more often. I don't know. But, see, these papers that I hand out, okay, like at the daycare centers especially, uh, places like that, since little kids are always, um, you know, being abused, 
Um, but one thing I'm going to just read off really quick, if it's okay with you, because you're actually running the show tonight, all right? Um, but for people in daycare, I have left all kinds of information that we've got. We have this right on our website. That's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, NASCA dot org. And it's under uh, childhood. I think Bill has it under childhood. Now we're over to the right-hand side in the red blocks. And it's under prevention. You click on that, prevention pops out. Okay, so, all right. But what, what we have to teach people, this is what we're here for, is to teach them also, all right? Um, I'm just going to read this off, and then we can talk about some of the pop in your head that you think we should uh, maybe address. But physical abuse is injuring a child by hitting, kicking, shaking, or burning him or her. Also includes throwing objects at a child. Emotional maltreatment, crushing a child's spirit. See, we were talking about that before, crushing a child's spirit. With degrading, derogatory, verbal attacks, threats, or humiliation. Saying they're not smart, maybe they're stupid, uh, maybe they're funny looking, (laughs) whatever they say, all these terrible things, all right? Um, that's emotional maltreatment. You're never going to amount to anything. Um, sexual abuse, of course, sexual contact with a child. That would be incest, inappropriate touching. That many times turns into that, doesn't it? And then, um, you know, that type of, of abuse. And then, of course, rape. Oh, yeah, with the porno. That's another thing, pornographic material. Use of, of a ch- uh, with a child. Listen here. If you're going to have all kinds of... Uh, magazines and stuff like that in the house. Today they use the uh, the internet, you know, and things more often. But any whatever, just keep it away from the kids, okay? If you have to look at it, keep it away from the kids. Um, neglect, uh, failure to provide for a child physically, emotional, food, food, shelter, or medical care, physical or emotional attention, we've spoken about this, failure to provide guidance or supervision, and, of course, abandonment. Now, here's more. Shows sudden changes in uh, behavior or school performance. This is recognizing a child's need. If you see them changing, watch out. And this is where you you say, like you were saying before, Kim, you know, that they can talk to you about anything. You're there for them, okay? Um, Displays overt sexualized behavior or exhibits sexual knowledge that is inconsistent with their age. Well, if some kid comes home from school, say their house is okay, but their their friends are not okay, or maybe there's someone in the school who's not okay, and they have touched them, and they have the kids don't feel comfortable coming to the parents. This is why I always say teach your kids, you know, across the street, but also about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you sit down, and we have ways of talking to children. That's on the NASCA website too. That might be under prevention also. How to speak to your children, when to speak to your children, what to say, how to make them feel comfortable. This gives kids the okay. If someone touches them, makes them feel uncomfortable and know that they can come to you, and like you said, Kim, that you will, you worry about their their feelings and they can tell you, hey, someone touched me here or there and I felt uncomfortable, and you will always believe them. That's what you said, and that's right. Okay, that's important. Has not received medical attention for physical injury that has been brought to the parent's attention. Okay, that can happen. Has learning problems that cannot be attributed to physical 
uh, what's that, specific uh, abuses or psychological causes. Well, he may have or she may have something else wrong, but for God's sake, you address it. It's always watchful as though preparing for something bad to happen. If a kid is acting jerky and nervous, there might be a reason for it. Maybe some kid down the block. Remember, the, the older teenagers, they can be a problem too, all right? Maybe some kid down the block um, is, uh, is acting weird and has touched him or her. If a child is overly complainant, uh, an overachiever, all right, an overachiever, that can actually be a problem. Or too responsible, They're acting too responsible. There's abuse in that family. Yeah. yeah. Comes to school early, stays late, and does not want to go home. Oh, now I hit home with me about home. I'd stay after school at times, especially if I liked the teacher, and help them, you know, clean the blackboard and all this other stuff and, you know, do chores around. Not trying to be the teacher's pet. I didn't care about that. But I didn't want, I wanted as little time as possible inside of my household because things were going poorly. I was being abused. And they did have a late bus. So I knew that if I stayed and helped after school, I could catch the late bus home, have dinner, and go upstairs to my bedroom and do homework. And maybe someone would leave me alone. Maybe. Okay. Um, has unexplained burns, bites, bruises, broken bones, or black eyes. All right? That person has been abused. Has bruises or marks in, in non-prominent fleshy areas of the body. For example, inside the biceps. What would that be? Pinching maybe, right? Maybe pinching? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or behind the knees. What would that be? Kicking them? I don't know. Behind the knees. I used to get switched a lot, but mine were right on, on the thigh area. So I don't know, behind the knees. Maybe getting kicked. I don't know. Has yeah. fading bruises or other marks noticeable after an absence from school? Uh-huh. When a kid is home too much, then they're going to be around the parents too much or whomever is the abusive person or persons. So when they have their, their you know, when we have Christmas vacation, um, Easter vacation, um, a few days off maybe for uh, Thanksgiving, whatever, um, and then spring recess. Think about it. Think about all the time that you're home. Now, if your home is a horror mm-hmm. show, then you're going to come back with the bruising like they're talking about or whatever, burn marks, whatever. Seems frightened of the parents and protests or cries when it is time to go home from school. Well, we covered that. That other one was sort of like goes with this one. They don't want to go home. All right. Shrinks at the approach of adults. Think about that. Yeah. Usually the parents you know, or, or the other adult people in the family are the ones that uh, abuse children. And so they're not going to want to be around them too much. They're going to feel... Um, uncomfortable, scared, maybe scared. I was scared. I have a question. Go ahead. What is normal sexual behavior? What is normal sexual behavior from a child? Um, Children are going to have, you know, they're always going to have some sort of um, 
questions for about. Adults. Oh, for adults. Oh, what is normal or abnormal? What do you say? Normal. Well, there shouldn't be any sexual behavior that's normal around children. Not that I can think. Give me an example. No, I'm at. Wait, wait. What's your question? I think we're confused. I don't think we're on the same line. I'm not quite getting that. What is sexual? Ask me the question again. Let's try it again. Can you? What is nor, um, acceptable, normal sexual behavior for adults? Okay, around children. Or no, just not around children. That's inappropriate. Oh, just in general. In, oh, all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, between each other, you know, you're going to have, you know, that you know what your partner likes and your partner knows what you like, and that's normal as long as you agree. Okay. That could be any type of, of sexual behavior as long as your partner agrees. If, um, for instance, if your partner likes, and I'll say this because we we speak about all the sexes, if your partner um, likes oral sex and, and the other person doesn't mind, that's that's normal behavior. There's nothing wrong with that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But if your partner is pushing it on you, one of my husbands is like that, okay, pushing it on you to the point where you're not comfortable anymore, then that's not normal. And you should find out why that's the only type of sexual behavior that your your partner, instead of exploring, you know, you know hey, when, especially when you're young and you're in love and you're getting married and, and you have a good relationship and all this other stuff, you, you explore each other's bodies and, and your likes and your dislikes, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you, you let them know what you like and what you don't like. And you, you talk about it, okay? See, that's considered normal. But if you're pushing um, a certain type of sexual behavior, say like whipping, things like that, um, that type of sexual behavior on your partner, that's not, that's not a, a good thing. No, that's not a good thing at all. And and it should be against the law because you're hurting. You're actually hurting that person. And you need to get away from a person like that if they're going to be that way. Um, so that's the way, you know, anything that you agree on in a relationship, like in a marriage, or you're about to be married, whatever, that is normal as long as you both agree on it. Did that answer your question? Yes. Okay, good. So yeah, and I also um, go ahead. Say yeah, go ahead. Also, that um, you know, I think it's also talking about it. So it's not just um, doing the act. You know, it's like there's and and a lot of guys don't get this, or they just don't want to get it. That really, women. It's not about the act with women. It's about all the beforehand. And I'm not just even talking about foreplay or whatever. I'm talking about how you treat her on a daily basis. That is mm-hmm. what's going to make her want to be intimate with you, is how you treat her. So, you know, if, if you treat somebody really bad, for instance, all, you know, most of the days, and then when you want to have sex, you're going to be nice that day, that doesn't hmm. really cut it. <laughs> that 
doesn't work. Because you're, the woman is not going to be right. happy about that. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And, Philip, that's a good point that she made. If you're in a, a relationship and your relationship goes downhill, let's put it that way, um, and you don't like each other anymore because of the other person and you can't work it out, say you've been to marriage counseling, all, all kinds of stuff like that, and nothing seems to be working, then you're not going to want to, um, you know, have sex with your partner. Um, you, you're going to shy away from it. That's what the, the old-fashioned thing where they, 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 you know, they bust people and they say, oh, I have a headache. I have a headache tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they're not going to want to, um, to have sex with the person because, um, quite frankly, you know, they're not interested in a sexual level anymore, in a sexual way. Because sex and love should go together. I mean, if you're in a marriage, sex and love should go together. If you're going to be some guy or gal out there who just wants to go and have a good time, and you know, you're not, no strings attached, as they say, and all this other stuff, that's one thing. But if you're in a relationship with someone, and, and you're married to them especially, um, you have to treat that person well. And, and that means you have to respect them in all different ways. And, and, you know, like, I'll give you, for instance, they're both dead now, so I guess it's okay. My second husband, <laughs> he thought I was nuts for being a part of NASCA. He really did. Because um, it's volunteer, for one thing. And I, I do a lot of work, you know, research, but I enjoy it. Well, I wouldn't do it, would I? Okay. Um, I learned that way, too. So, you know, all this stuff that I do... Um, he made fun of, and he'd make fun of to other people. Well, I, I didn't feel very loving towards him, okay? Look, I don't tell you to stop doing a shooting pool or playing chess. I leave you the heck alone because he was good at both of them. Um, if this is what makes me happy, then leave me alone. Don't mock your partner or make fun of them. You don't do that. If you do that, then that partner is going to uh, not have very good feelings about you. And and it can even turn, if they're not strong enough, it can turn to themselves too. You know, it can turn into a thing, well, gee, maybe it is my fault. Uh, maybe if I was a little bit more attentive. And I used to say to uh, Marty all the time, that was my second husband, we know this, um, hey, the show is only an hour and a half. Leave the hell alone. And let me tell you something. There are times, and Bill will tell you too, um, he would come into the room. He would come into the room, and he would start talking very loudly, very loudly. <laughs> just to, yeah, you're laughing. See, just, just to blow my mind or, or make me um, lose train of thought, right? Because he makes me nervous. I mean, what's he going to come out with? What's he going to say? I don't know, <laughs> you know? Um Hey, yeah. honey, i got to go to the store, all right? I'll be back in about an hour and a half. What? Now, you see how loud that was? <laughs> he do stupid things like he, It wasn't stupid. It was too annoying. Well, do you think that right. I wanted to go up and, and, and go upstairs and go to bed then? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I wanted to get something and hit him over the head. That's what I wanted to do. You know, because... Um, <laughs> You know, he was making a fool. Actually, he was making a fool of himself, too, okay? That's the truth of the matter. 
because people on NASCA, especially when MJ was still on, if I were to remind her of this, she'd laugh her head off because she'd remember. Um, She said, I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't any way she couldn't hear that. And um, so if you have a partner who doesn't care about your interests, who doesn't back you with your interests, um, the things maybe you're doing for the community or what you're doing on the radio, uh, which is also community work in a sense. Look who we reach. We reach everywhere, right? Um, all these things that we do, then that's not nice and it's not acceptable. No. So she brought up a very good point. It's not just a matter of sexual preferences within a relationship. It's also with the way that a person treats you on a daily basis. You're right. What do you think about that, Philip? (laughs) We're going deep today, Philip. (laughs) Well, this is definitely something that requires a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Relationships and children, both. They really do. And I, I think a lot of people don't think that far in advance. I mean, it's it's healthier if you do, but. I know that for myself, I didn't at 18 years old when I got pregnant, you know, 19 when I had her. I wasn't thinking about how I could be the best parent. I was thinking that I was going to be a better parent. That was in my head, but I didn't necessarily have the tools. So I think I did better for sure than my parents did, that I didn't didn't do as good as I could have done if I would have healed myself first before Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. Either one, the relationship or kids. I have another question. Yeah. Go ahead, Does anybody know anything about being a good dog parent for your doggies? <laughs> I've never had dogs. That's your Carol. You, That's you. Well, wait a minute now. Did he say doggy or really godparent? <laughs> what did he, could you see I'm up too high? Dog. What did he say? I can't hear him. Doggy, dog, woof, woof. Oh, woof, woof. I heard woof, woof. Okay, there you go. (laughs) That's funny. That's cute. Um, Yeah, well, I think you should be a very good godparent for your daughter. Yes, if someone happens to, um, you know, in a family, say, and they have have an animal, if you can, um, then it'd be a good thing if you took that animal on because the animal already knows you. Okay, if you can. See, I'm an animal lover. I like animals better than people. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> it's true. Um, I have a cat yeah, that most people, yeah, well, my cat is really quite sick now. I mean, she's not, she can still jump up on the couch, and she still has a small appetite, but she, I see that her body mass is going, gone, all right. I suppose a lot of people would put her down. But she looks at me with so much love, I swear to God. I I can't look at those eyes and then have someone euthanize her. I can't do that. Now, if she starts screaming or something, you know, shows pain, signs of pain, then I have to forget about me. All right, I would have to forget about me and my feelings and and do the right thing because I don't want my cat to suffer. Right, and she's almost there right now. So you see, 
when you I, maybe you're teasing. I don't know. It was funny either way. But um, if you know someone who has a, an animal, and and if something, and they've made you godfather <laughs> of their animal, um, it, it, that's a responsibility. It really is. If you're going to be a, a good mommy or daddy, as I call it in the families, all right, if it's a my animal, then you have to treat that and you should treat that animal the same way you treat a child. You know, whatever their needs are, you take them to the mm-hmm. doctors when they're sick and all that other stuff. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, Carol, is, you know, it really is along the same lines as a child because you are raising that animal to know how to react and respect you and your household as a person. So you're the one that's going to model that. And I think that if parents would listen, would pay attention more to that analogy of I'm modeling this so that they know how to do it, then I think there would be less abuse because people would understand if, if they got that concept, if they are modeling for their children and their animals, how how they're supposed to do life. And so That's if right. you are modeling, you know, abuse and alcoholism and, you know, not feeding your animals, just kicking them outside, then that's how they're mm. going to respond to you as well. That's right. That's exactly right. And you know what? Especially with dogs. I mean, cats and cats are very smart, too. People don't give them enough um you know, they don't realize that. But, like, um, I know this person who is, I, I consider it neglecting their dog, right? And you know I have a big mouth. <laughs> so I wasn't going to stand for it. So I approached that person, and I said, you know, um, it's very, very hot outside. It was like 94 degrees. And I don't like heat. I don't, I'm not a heat person. But anyway, this dog didn't have any water didn't have any water and the dog was out for hours and the dog was screaming and crying and it was banging it was a big dog he was banging his body against the um the sliding glass doors to go out in the patio and I, I couldn't handle it I washed it and I couldn't handle it so I went next door knocked next door and I said listen this dog is screaming to come in and why do you think that the dog is all right outside in 94-degree weather with no water. I have to give you his answer. I was thinking about murder <laughs> with this answer. He said, <laughs> he said to me, he had the nerve to say to me, he's had the nerve to say, well, with this breed, he doesn't need much water. What? <laughs> Does he think I'm stupid or something? You know what I'm saying? Um, excuse me, um, he, he's a big guy if you're outside. Well, uh, maybe you're a breed of man. Maybe you don't need much water. You know, I'm, that's what I was thinking. What, what kind of thing is that to say? It's so stupid. So I must say that I haven't seen a dog but a couple times um, since that incident, and the dog wouldn't go near him. The dog was like a kid. Think about it. The dog was like a kid who wants to stay away from a person who's maybe slapping them, hitting them, something. Not giving them Same water. type of behavior. Well, the dog doesn't go outside anymore. 
I mean, I'm sure I have very strange sleeping habits. We know that. But I'm sure he takes him out to walk him maybe on the other side of the house so nosy over here can't see, all right? But I know the dog is not there because I don't hear him barking like a maniac anymore. And, um, you know, but I happened to see the dog run past him when the door was open in the front. And I thought the dog looked skinnier, although not malnourished. I can't go that far. But when he called to the dog to come back, the ball, he, he bolted and went in the other direction. He didn't want to be near him, see. <laughs> he didn't want to be near him. Yeah. So you see there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. And then, I don't know. I just don't know. Hey, shall we ask Dr. Uh, Dr. Nancy, if she has anything to say while she's back, she's been going off and on. Do <laughs> you have anything you want to say? Well, thank you, Kim. I was wondering if tonight anyone else was going to get a chance to speak. I appreciate you asking. Um, I didn't even know you were still there. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm in and out. No, it's okay. I'm in and out. Um, over here is really raining really bad. I'm in Georgia, and mm. the storm my tradition and have so I've been back and forth mm-hmm. a few times, um, but I couldn't even answer. You guys couldn't hear me. Yeah, because um, I see your name is dropped a- here a couple times. Yeah, so I didn't think you were on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. No. So uh, it's been a few different topics going on tonight. Um mm-hmm. And I wish I would have wrote it down because I actually, you guys hit a couple of really good topics tonight that I wanted to address. And I kind of forgot what it was about. But um, I'll just speak on the area of, you know, um, creating a safe space for people to feel safe sharing uh, if they've been through abuse. There's been a few things. I really wish I would have wrote it down because I was struggling in the background trying to get back on the line. <laughs> try to call back in, and I did mm-hmm. not have the signal. But, um, yeah, so um, at this point, I'll just talk a little bit about the fact that um, some people just uh, need to make sure that we create that safe space where people can feel safe sharing and talking about uh, child abuse and recovery and all that good stuff. Now, Really quickly, y'all, can you guys just really quickly put together some of the topics? Because I wish I would remember because I was dying to speak a few times, but then my line kept going in and out, so it's not you guys' fault. But I wanted to address some of the topics. So if you can just kind of, if you remember at all, I know we're about to go off. If you can kind of just say, hey, we talked about this, 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 maybe I'll be able to catch some of that in there. Well, I was given stats, okay? I was given stats mm-hmm. that um, that came from the nationalchildrensalliance.org. You can look that up. And um, some of them were, you know, update, totally updated, which is good, okay? So there's, you can, if you look up um, the nationalchildrensalliance.org, you'll find a lot of things that I was talking about in the beginning. And then we were talking also about the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, and then we were getting really heavy into um, certain ones of that, and neglect, neglect. We were heavy into neglect and uh, the signs that it shows. Um, And then also, too, we were talking about parents and parenting. 
um, how they uh, should, uh, you know, treat their child. And especially, I was talking about the lady, well, she, um, when she was a child, she jumped off the, a cliff in New York. And, oh, my um, Lord. You know, she, she wanted to kill herself at the age of seven. I'm pretty sure, I have to ask Bill, I'm pretty sure it was seven. A crazy low number. And that she Why got did caught. she jump off the cliff? And, I'm sorry. Yes. Like, I think it's around the Hasbrook Heights area, somewhere around there. I'm a New Yorker, too, like Lori. Lori was born and raised in the Bronx, but I was born in Staten Island, so she more, knows more of the other side. But anyway, the point is, this guy who was down in the bottom part of the apartment building, I would assume, um, caught her. He was able to catch her hmm. so that she didn't hit the ground, okay? And um, so in order for her to become a good parent, she wanted very much to um, to learn how to become a good parent because she didn't want to be treated the same way that she was treated. Didn't want to treat her children that way, so she actually went to school for that, um, where they have it, where they offer adults um, classes, you know, on, on parenting. So we were talking a lot about that, and um, let's see what else were we talking about? So so many things. You're right, but I was reading a lot from uh, recognizing neglect. And also about the parent and the or the caregiver who neglects, and they appear to be indifferent to a child. They also seem apathetic or depressed. They can be depressed themselves. That's not a good enough answer, though. You have to put your child first, all right, as long as you're in touch with the fact that you have depression. Is involved in an abusive domestic relationship, if that person is involved with a domestic relationship, it's bad, say, with her husband, all right? A lot of times children get neglected because of that. Um, behaves irrationally or in a bizarre manner or is abusing alcohol, prescription drugs, or illegal drugs. Now, that was the last thing that was on this page. That's why you probably don't recognize that, um, Kim. But um, a lot of in abusive homes, a lot of times those things happen. And and the uh, children are then neglected. See, this was all many, most part of it was about neglect. And then Philip asked about um, what's um, what's a normal type of relationship with a sexual. And we were going over that, and we're talking about people have to agree with, you know, certain types of sex, otherwise it then is abuse. It can be. Um, and then he asked about Godfather for the dog or something. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah, if someone, but it's not really funny. If someone is um, about to become, um, you know, a, a new parent for the doggy, okay, um, then they should take care of that doggy the same way, the proper way, with shots mm-hmm. and everything else, you know, things like that. Make sure they're fed right and bathed right, taking care, uh, give them water, hello. Um, all, all the things that we were talking about with that, um Otherwise, don't take the animal. Because if you're not, you, if you're not going to, you know, treat the animal right, then don't take it. So th- those are some of the things um, that we were talking about. And I had a lot of facts that it's now definitely one in three girls. This was from National Children's Alliance also, okay. One in three girls and one of out of five boys uh, will be abused by the time they're 18. See, the stats would always differ a little bit. Like if you go to child health, it'll say one in 10. No way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's much more, uh, maybe that needs to be updated. But there's a lot more kids now, too, because of the world that we live in. 
that are being abused mm-hmm. horribly. So um, that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of different topics that you guys mm-hmm. hit, and some of them I cannot remember some of the stuff that I had to say, but I'm glad mm-hmm. that you were able to give a synopsis of all the different areas that you guys covered because tonight I thought all of those were very important topics. And, you know, thank you all for sharing. I'm sorry that my internet has been in and out and I wasn't able to participate the way that I would have loved to, but you guys did a great job. And you guys, um, Miss Kim and Miss Carol and Bill, uh, not Bill, I'm sorry. Um, Bill. I know Bob was on, and I know Phil definitely, he's always uh, supporting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Bob got a chance to speak, but you guys did a great job tonight. And I guess I watched, I listened to the replay myself. <laughs> well, you can listen to the scan number and listen to the okay. whole show. And then, then then you'll have, well, if you can. I don't know what's going on with the computer problem here. But um, that's what everybody can do, you know, if you want to uh, maybe look at more of what we were talking about tonight. Because I do that at times. I'm going to let you guys know this. Okay. As vice president, I cover all different kinds of topics. And you know what? It's very interesting. Because we have a very good rapport back and forth then that way. And it gives the show a lot of, um, well, a lot of bounce. Okay, it gives it a lot of bounce. And we talk back and forth and, and uh, we express our own, you know, opinions, how we feel about things, and then also what we know. Okay. So, um, yeah, I like doing that at times. Yes, I do. So I will not always stick to just one topic when I run the show. I'll have all these papers in front of me from years before, which I've updated, and then um, and I'll go from there. And then I think of things in my brain. Uh, I, t- I thought to myself, how many children are abused in the United States in 2022? Because they wouldn't know 2023 yet, all right? Wouldn't compile that yet. So by typing that into my browser, then I get a whole bunch of information about child abuse. And then it, it, gave, it, it has the actual number, uh, which is horrible, horrific. More than 600,000 children are abused in the United States every year, more than Okay, with child maltreatment and neglect, stats show 1,820 children died from abuse and neglect in 2022. Now, you you look those things up and you get heavy-duty answers. I think that's horrible. Yeah. Looking at it. Yeah, and those are huge numbers. I know. I have to think about that. And it says uh, abused, neglected children are 11, here's the number for you, 11 times more likely to engage in criminal activity and behavior. Mm-hmm. So you find these things out by uh, just doing a little research. And it didn't take me too long to put throw this all together because I called Bill like, well, I don't know, 45 minutes or something before the show started. And this other paper I had already gotten off of the website you go to the website under prevention, and uh, it'll give you all different kinds of information. And this is what I pass out, by the way, at the daycare centers, this little package right here, because uh, they don't have enough. Um, they don't have enough education. They just don't. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. 
as to what to look for, I think, especially with the yeah. behavior. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just think that a lot of, well, I know that a lot of my classes are in preschool because they also want to know. They may not have, you know, the ability as much as I think public schools do or something to get all that education, but mm-hmm. they want to know. And, you know, I'm always pleasantly surprised that a lot of parents want to know as well. You know, they're more interested in prevention these days, which is good. I mean, that's what we need. We need to keep it rising. That means we're doing. That means we're doing (laughs) a good job. Okay, we're doing a good job. And I noticed too on on TV, on the radio, or on the radio, on the TV. (laughs) Let me make up my mind. I'm tired now. (laughs) On on the TV, I watch the news a lot. Okay, and because I do listen to the news, they are talking about child abuse a lot more now. They are. Mm-hmm. And you see, that's um, I have a wonderful. Question. Did you notice the time? I didn't yeah, we're not on the air anymore. We're just chatting. He said, did you oh, notice really? the time? Oh, my God. Yeah, we're God. not on the air yeah. anymore. We're done. Okay. <laughs> we're just chatting oh, now, Philip. <laughs> but, yeah, we probably <laughs> ought to go ahead and get off the line anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I think yeah. that might be a good idea. Okay, well, listen, you know what? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, see, we always have a lot to talk about. There you go. I'm going to play the music. I think I can from here. Yeah, there we go. Okay, everybody have a good morning. Okay, have a good, good time. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye, everyone. You're welcome. After all,